Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's a game day. It's Groundhog Day. It always is game day. It's three and three. It's four and five, and the preseason rolls on. We're at KeyBank Center as training camp continues, and one group uh, at least is back here. Another is getting set after its morning skate today to head to Pittsburgh to take on a pretty Fully loaded Pittsburgh lineup tonight. You'll catch that game right here on WGR and MSG at 7 p.m. And what it will be for the Sabres is a lineup that features 10 of the 18 skaters seeing their third preseason game already. We'll dive harder into that a little bit later on and have Darren Dreger. Darren Dreger, our hockey insider from TSN, is finally out of the cabin. That could take an hour. That could take an hour. It could. I think we're gonna we're gonna just like go easy, keep it a short segment. You know, sometimes he's got the throat issues, so you don't really want to push him too. Just saying, I want to see how many fights he got into this summer, and like because that would be like a. That's pretty much our starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Over under on that. A half fight. A half. Yeah. I'll go over. You think he? Oh yeah. I would say actual physical altercation. I say easily. No, it's over. There's no question. You don't know him. (laughs) You don't know. You don't know Dregs. Um, As far as last night, we're not going to. Well, I'm not. But that's my prerogative. (laughs) I'm not going to belabor it too much. uh, Other than the Sabers are 0 and 1 and will likely be 0 and 1 all time in West Lorne slash St. Thomas. Yes. And that's fine. Move on. But the score was 5-2, and the game could have been very different, save for a 90-second sequence in period number two. Yes. When they gave up a shorthanded goal, immediately had a Kisikov wide-open opportunity, one of multiple times where he refused to shoot the puck, and unfortunately then it turned up the ice again, ended it up in the back of the net That's when Max Domi came out of the box. twice in two games so. now, a guy out of the box who scores uh, or actually factors in, like Byro yeah. in the game in Washington yep. for Paterka's goal, but yep. know what you're doing. You take a penalty, yeah. you're... You know, hope and pray that they're not going to score on the power play. But you know what you're doing when you get out of the box. And Domi obviously found a way. But you're right. That was about a 90-second very uh, swing in the game. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm not going to overanalyze last night's game because we tend to do that in the preseason at times. We tend to do that in the prospect challenge. And there's nothing to overanalyze. What I'm going to say is simple. Look, UPL looked fine. Gave up a bad goal, first one. That happens, it's preseason. Played this 40 minutes, actually made 25 saves on 28 shots. That's fine. There was moments where he was, you know, 
sloppy around the net. There are moments where he was really, really good. You need to figure it out. You can't go through a preseason and just put zeros against the board. It's not going to happen. So that was fine. Owen Power made some bad decisions at a rough night, but Owen Power is going to be fine. We don't have to worry about it. And, and look, it's preseason. Don Granado keeps talking about you got to get your reps in. And if you don't make mistakes in the preseason, like what does that tell you? Oh, well, you're going to have a fantastic year? No, you're not. You're going to have some ups and downs. That is fine. I don't want to deal like it's overreacting Thursday here because it is not. It's just one preseason game. I had no idea what day it was, so thank you for clarifying there. 5-2 was the final score last night. Toronto over Buffalo. They outshoot the Sabres 41-15, to which may be the more troubling statistic than the final score. You would like yes. to have seen from any of the forward combinations a little bit more zone time. Now, obviously, we went into it talking about Rusek with Cousins and Olofsson. You know how much I like, well, I like all players. Let's yes. be fair here. But Rusek in particular, and we were talking on yesterday's show about, okay, who's getting the biggest opportunity here tonight? Yes. Like Weisbach's been in a couple of games, but he hasn't played with what you would call a top center on the Sabres. Rusek got that opportunity. It wasn't as, uh, dare I say, obvious as the Kisikoff non-shooting situations, <laughs> but, but Rusek has been prone to overpassing a little bit as well, which is kind of funny. It's not surprising based on his career totals and how he's more of a playmaker than a shooter, yes. but it is kind of funny when you think of how his NHL career started here. Go when on his first when shot. it was presented with him, and it's like, oh, I better put this in, and three minutes into his NHL career, he's got a goal in his first shot. But those are things that, again, it's familiarity with certain players. It's recognizing tendencies. It's knowing when to utilize your instincts, you know, for the greater good. Yes. But beyond that, obviously, there wasn't a lot of sustained offense from the group, which resulted in just 15 shots on goal. So what's the takeaway from that before we turn our attention to tonight? And we'll dive in again on maybe a little bit more experienced Oof. Sabres roster given that so many of the young guys are getting their third look here in five days. Yeah, so, okay, so uh, last night, um, Rusek did have a really good chance on the back door and a nice feed by power on the power play, I believe, and yes. Martin Jones came across, made a nice save. That This is, this is I, I look at that play develop, right? Rusek was completely out of the play, and there was a great angle from behind the net. Mm -hmm. Like on the, I don't like those looks in real time. I like them in replays, and they Agreed. used them a lot in real time yesterday, which was bugging me a little bit but mm -hmm. there's a you can look at the replay and Rusek is basically on the right side of your screen totally out of the play and then he sneaks behind everybody he's got his stick down the only two people on the ice that knew where Rusek were other than Lucas Rusek were Owen Power and Martin Jones who could, could see him coming mm -hmm. from his peripheral vision and he pushed over and made that save but those are the type of plays that I think Rusek is very smart and those are plays that you go back to the iPad, you go on the bench, you say, hey, really good job. Now, maybe, maybe he just had a little bit more time mm -hmm. to either stop it, go back against the grain because the goalie read it so well. But, you know, I thought he was fine. I actually think Dylan Cousins looked quick. 
Now, again, you know, they don't have Marner, Matthews, Nylander, guys that right. would, would make the, the speed of the game go up. So maybe Cousins' speed really stood out. But I thought Dylan Cousins looked quick on transition a couple of times. He curls up in the neutral zone. He looked like his first three, four strides were really, really good, powerful, and quick uh, on the transition. So I thought he looked good. Like, I, I it's one preseason game. Like, again, I'm not going to overreact, but I like to take positives out of it instead of taking negatives out of them and so i'm gonna go that route rusek uh trust us had the primary assist on the yoki haru goal the i box, rewatched it 12 times yes the, the box score will tell you differently and they gave it to olafson but it was rusek with the primary assist among yep. the others that played last night and we'll dive in a little bit later uh well we can do it now jeremy davies scored um has scored in the preseason yes uh scored last night along with yoki haru representing buffalo's only two goals so uh, let's quickly blast through this, the fact that the Sabres have some goals from the blue line here yes. in the preseason. And given that usually, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Oh, no, say it. Do you remember Buffalo's third highest scoring defenseman last year? Ilya Lubushkin. Yeah, okay. So given that we almost always talk about Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. Yes. Is there anything noteworthy from the fact that Davies, Yoki Haru, Stillman have goals, and Johnson, Bryson, Lindgren, and Mats Lindgren and Norwin Pinoka, by the way, were reassigned to their respective junior clubs today. But when you're looking at the six defensemen who have registered points, three of them who have goals, is there anything you've seen as a commonality between, you know, that set of offense that is something different, that you're seeing you know, is it coaching? Is it style of play? Is it decisiveness? Is there any, is it, or is it just NHL preseason and it just so happens that these defensemen have found the score sheet? Okay, so two things with that. I always like a good slap shot or a good, good, like, I know hard you shot do. This from is kind of why I was funneling so, you into this you know, discussion. I talked to Riley Stillman yesterday and he took a big slap shot here against Boston on Tuesday night, and it found the back of the net. So I'm thinking maybe there is a little bit more willingness to shoot the puck. Uh, and that's probably why we're not seeing Rasmus Dahlin on that score sheet just yet. Why? Because in Tuesday's game, I thought that Dahlin a few times probably could have shot the puck on net, could have gotten a good shot and a rebound, and possibly picked up an assist maybe, but he was trying to get a little closer. He was feeling himself at the blue line. So I really feel that, you know, obviously Dallin's going to have a season where he may get to 80 points. Who knows? Like, it's very possible. But you see Yoki Aryu walking into the middle of the ice yesterday. He's not looking to get closer. Massive set of, like, I love three the awareness. The three screen was there. Why not like, shoot the puck? You know puck? what? I'm going to shoot And it's it. a great shot. And yeah. it's a great shot. And Davies, Davies was as thing. well, right? I mean, Dave, But Davies saw an opportunity to get closer. Loved it. And it's like, oh, I'll get a little closer. And that's why I'm asking you this, because do you sense that there's something has been tweaked in guys, no matter what their perceived offensive ability is? It's like, you know what, guys? Do more of this. Do more of this. Take this, because the way Davies executed was not almost unlike Byro the other night. Like, yes. You know, you, you've Feel got confident. the opportunity. Yes, 100%. Confidence and opportunity meeting right there. But 
again, I I think for the defense to have success in scoring from the blue line, I'm not so, uh, talking about just scoring by defensemen, but from getting scores or points from the blue line, either a shot from far away or you get the puck at the blue line, you take a step in, you see an opportunity, and you score. Mm-hmm. Um, the forwards have to do something. Yes. They have to do two things. One, if they have to get a really good net front presence because mm-hmm. you got to draw bodies to the front of the net. So that's one. Two, you got to get the puck up to the point. Like Rusek's play to Yokiaru yesterday could have easily been, I'm going to send it down below 100%. and cycle in the corner. 100%. And, and nothing happens because Victor Olofsson's on the far left ball board and you lose the puck. Instead, he says, you know what? I'm going to get it to Yokiaru. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. And it ends up in the net. I have found it's that it's a different it's form of puck more. possession, yes. right? And it's the evolution of how this team possesses the puck and wants to have it, and they're not afraid to have it in certain areas. So but you, I hate if, if you, that's your identity. If Because there's teams that can score. Yeah. What do they say all the time? Let's get a point shot and let's get a rebound. Oh, I, know, I know. That is the worst way to play hockey. And I see it in youth hockey. Sure. And I understand some teams are limited, and mm-hmm. they, they say, hey, we just got to get lucky. Let's get yeah. the puck to the point. Yeah. But I think that now an added element of the Sabres' offense where we know they're going to cycle the puck. We know Skinner and Thompson and Cousins and Paterka and those guys are going to be on the puck and create offense down low. But can you stretch the zone and create offense up high? The Sabres were, what, 30th last year in goals from defensemen. Right. Points was okay, but Points it was, was okay. goal-specific. And, and the thing is, but look at the other teams that were around them. Toronto. Toronto really, and Vancouver. Like, really, really, and Toronto's Morgan really good, Valley. and Vancouver's got yeah. Quinn Hughes. So the, it does, it's not a barometer of ultimate success in the NHL. You don't have to have – you don't have to be a top-five goal-scoring team from the blue line. Yes. But – you do want guys to contribute, and I think that was where it was so alarming last year was recognizing that Labushkin was the third highest scoring defense. But I get it. He had the short-ended winner in Tampa, which is maybe the greatest offensive play we saw from a Buffalo defenseman last year. But it's nice to have it a little bit more well-rounded, and I think that's the whole idea this year is to have more meaningful contributions from the entirety of the yeah. group of six. So we'll see but how that five goes. five on five again. The Sabres were good on scoring from the blue line on the power play. <clears throat> They had six power play goals from the defenseman, which was 11th in the NHL. Yeah. But that puts them even worse case scenario five on five in right. scoring goals because you were that good on the power play that five on five really took a back seat. And for the most part, they were top five on the power play until a late season drop off. So it's not surprising that they were up there in yeah. that regard. As far as tonight is concerned, it's Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So. Let's dive into the Ooh. roster as we're expecting it to be yes. based on the morning skate here at Key Bank Center this morning. Tage Thompson will be in for a second time. Jordan Greenway will be in for a second time. Zach Benson will get his third game. And Zach Benson will play with Tage Thompson again. So it looks like the top line for the Sabres tonight in Pittsburgh is going to be Greenway, Thompson, Benson. A little uh, different look for Tage Thompson, who is used to play with Jeff Skinner or Alex Tuck or both of them. He did have Skinner with Benson on Tuesday night, and now it's going to be Greenway on the left and Benson on the right. So a bit of a different look, but I like that Brendan Byro is going to get another look with good NHL players, mm-hmm. with Middlestat and J.J. Paterka. When the lineup came out Tuesday and Byro was in the lineup, but was on a third line, and Alex Tuck was in the lineup, and then we found out Tuck wasn't going to play, mm-hmm. just precautionary, keep him off the ice. Um, we were both saying, well, 
that would be a great spot for Bayro to get a chance with Middlestad, right? Yeah. And to get a chance with good players. He's getting that chance again mm-hmm. in this game, which is really good. Gergensons is going to play in his first NHL game. He's going to play with Kulik and Roseanne. Yeah, Zemgis was last seen holding the microphone addressing the crowd After at, the, blue at the, the blue and gold scrimmage. And uh, he'll be happy to put that memory behind him because we uh, – and I'm, I'm saying it tongue-in-cheek because both he and I had to deal with the uh, microphone delay. Do you think Zemgis um, would – be playing this game if it wasn't in Pittsburgh tonight? <laughs> because it's kind of a uh, Given the fact that he's him. not played a game yet, I'll say he was well, going to be Kyle playing. Kyle hasn't played a game yet either. Nor so, has Tuck. Yeah. Nor has Tuck. Well, yeah. Tuck is different, but yeah, he was stuck with schedule. But I'm thinking, this but is, let's to me, it's fun because Gergensen lives in Pittsburgh and is going to go back there. And he's playing with Yuri Kulik and Kulik's Isaac in the Rosan, Like, and, and that's not a surprise. Kulik's played a lot of middle and, yeah. and will likely, you know, if he's not here, he's certainly going to probably continue at that position in Rochester. But what do you make of that line, especially? This is so funny because you've got the longest-serving Sabre yep. in, in Gergensen's, and you've got the two players two that kids. probably want to connect with one another at all times. Like, Roseanne is tethered oh. to Kulik. Like, he can't – I don't want to say he can't. But, man, does he look for this guy at every single opportunity. I think it's an interesting dynamic as a veteran walking in as, like, the third wheel. I I know know that they will not say this. Like, Yuri Kulik and Isaac Roseanne are not going to say, hey, Gussie, try to keep up. Like, they're not, right? But that, if I was in the locker room tonight, I would definitely say, right, the coach comes in and he says, okay, starting lineup tonight is this, 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 whatever, let's go, let's go, let's go. You get up, you're all giving yourself high fives and get pumped up, and then I would turn around and be like, hey, Gussie, you think you can keep up with the kids tonight? Like, it's going to be a great experience for Kulik and Roseanne, but I like that for Gergensen. When they announced lineup. Young guy Andy. Young guy Andy, yes. You know, like yeah. I love that stuff. That's... It's all that locker room banter, and it's great. So I really feel that this is going to be fun for me to see. Number one, Zemgus is a veteran, and I've said it before. I don't know if he's going to be an everyday player this year. Okay. I don't know if Caloposo is going to be an everyday player this year. But they have a big role in this organization, in mm-hmm. this team. And they will be relied upon at times this year to to carve out even a bigger role on the ice so uh, i think this is great because you're putting experience with a couple of young guys and then take us to the fourth line and we see victor Noichev for the first time victor Noichev for the first time with kozak and cedarquist and i've liked um you know in the for the biggest part i've liked cedarquist and what he can bring there's been a a couple of lows but i really like his skill set and something that the sabers for the next 10 years could really really use a guy that will bring a physicality, will get in that front presence, maybe a penalty killer, maybe a defensive responsible type of player that um, you can rely upon. Maybe a, a little bit like Zemkus Gergensen's in a way. Maybe that's the you know next wave of that type of player. But I think Cedarquist is getting another chance tonight to be able to show that. Kozak, to me, is... He is going to be a Buffalo Sabres in a few years, and uh, he will have a big, a, a big part to play as a utility knife type of mm-hmm. guy. Like, where do you fit him? Do you fit him in the middle? Do you fit him on the wing? Do you want him to kill penalties? Do you want him to play fourth line, third line? Like, whatever. I think he's going to be that guy. Nurchev, I don't really know what to expect. To be really? honest with you, like, okay. I, I think he's got great skills. Um, but I, I really don't know what to expect at this level. We've not seen them. Mm-hmm against NHL players ever. 
First time with the jersey First on tonight. First time with the jersey on. So I, I, I don't know what to expect. I, I'm Again, I'm not going to overreact. I'm going to really pay attention to what he's got, but I'm not definitely not going to overreact to anything Nurchev does in this game. No, but the nice thing is, is we were impressed at development camp, and we were impressed in the prospects challenge, yes. and these are logical and enjoyable first steps. So tonight, and I don't know that he'd be playing tonight if, it, like, if Tuck was good to go and he had played Tuesday, well, maybe I, Tuck goes back again tonight. I'm right? gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna pause you because I'm gonna say yes, he was, because of the schedule, because of how this team looked at five and seven and how many players were here in yes. camp this year, and because of what I just said about Noichev. I was going to say, and, he, and he earned it. He yeah. earned it. That's so, why my point yeah. was going is that I don't know that he would have played, but I think he's earned that opportunity. When they look at the four games in, in five days and five and seven, mm-hmm. I think they had an idea of how that was going to be split up, mm-hmm. but it changes all the time. I don't know that he was, yeah, let's give him a game. I think it was, he's earned it, and we'll get that opportunity. So it's Sabres-Penguins tonight, and it's in Pittsburgh, and you'll hear it on WGR Sports Radio 550 and see it on MSG. On the MSG side, it'll be with the Penguins commentators. Um, it'll be Tristan Jari for the Pens. It'll be Eric Comrie. We expect to go the distance. Yes. Before we dive into the defense in front of Comrie, a quick thought on Benson as far as um, the, the uh, opportunity again with Tades tonight and whether you think this is the start of something as far as visualizing how the regular season and its beginning on October 12th. I don't know that it is a start. I think it's, again, giving a reward to a player that's worked really hard, that has earned it. And, and you know, it could easily have been Benson playing um, – where Biro is with Middlestat and, and Paterka and say, let's, let's try Biro with Thompson and see. But I think Benson uh, obviously has looked good. Um, for me, I really liked his behind the back pass to Skinner on the power play on Tuesday night against Boston. But it was more than that. It was his relentless pursuit of the puck. He didn't win every puck battle, but he battled hard every single time he had a chance to go into a one-on-one battle on the wall, or if there was a loose puck, he chased those things, and he's got a great active sick. And that's what I want to see, because he was a first-round pick for a reason, because he's a really talented hockey player. But there's a lot of first-round pick that don't do the extra things, that don't go the extra mile. Mm -hmm. Zach Benson goes the extra mile. He works hard all the time. And Kevin Adams, Don Granato, and everybody watching this, that's what they put at the front of, of his sheet. They say, continue to work, continue to be relentless on the puck, compete, compete, compete. That's what you want to see. Okay, to the blue line. As far as those in competition, uh, you're getting another solid look at it tonight because Riley Stillman is in once again. Yes. Kale Clegg is in once again. Jacob Bryson is in. And so too is Ryan Johnson. So for four of the six defensemen, this is their third in five days. Yes, there is a log jam on the blue line. There's eight defensemen right now. Uh, well, nine if you include Clegg. Nine with, with Clegg. Like uh, he's not the projected top eight no, that we not. keep talking about. You, so. know, you, you do have two extra guys, and then you have nine with Clegg. Um, and the only guy on, the, on that list that is waiver exempt is Owen Power. He's not going to Rochester. Let's not kid ourselves. He's going to be a stud with the Sabres this year and year two. It's going to be awesome. So you do have a big battle that's going to be brewing. Um, I believe Stillman, Bryson, they are in for that, that last spot. Like Those are the guys that are, are competing 
for Ice I'm Aaron Buffalo. If the, if the Sabres can stay healthy through training camp, they've got a lot of decisions as to how many players, because I'm, I'm also looking at the goaltenders here, are you keeping three mm-hmm. after camp is over? Are you not? I, I don't recommend it because that's – but maybe you're forced to do that at the, uh, at the start of the regular season. So if that means you're keeping three goalies, you only have room for one extra forward, one extra D. Mm-hmm. You can't have eight, right? If you're not keeping three goalies, maybe you have eight. Maybe you can keep everybody. But I think this is, to me, big for Stillman – and Bryson. Those are the two, really, that are fighting for that last spot, in my opinion. Well, and again, Clay gets in for a third time, and he's, you know, maybe he's somehow the tweener in, in this group, which which would sound strange if you're already committing to eight defensemen at the start, um, but maybe he's the solid choice as the number nine. All I know is this, Novikov is getting in for a second game. He was in the first one yeah. uh, against the Capitals, and Zach Metza. It's his first tonight, and if you're going to talk about somebody earning something, that is definitely what's happened for Zach tonight. Zach Metza earned everything he's getting now, not just through camp and, mm-hmm. and everything, but he earned it last year in Rochester, and people don't forget that. Yeah. The way that you finish a season and the way that you work and the way that you're willing to be used in, in whatever ways, right? And Seth Appert has really trusted Zach Metza to um, – to, to do great things last year, but it's carried over this year. And uh, I always fin- I always like finish a season strong, even if you were in the playoffs or if you were in the playoffs because I feel like it left a, a, a last impression that you can carry on next. But you have to still play good, but at least you're walking into camp with that confidence. And I think Metz has done that, and he's looked good, and he's going to get that opportunity. All right, we'll take a time out, and uh, as we do, a reminder, Darren Dreger is coming up from TSN. He is our hockey insider. He has had a lengthy, lengthy run of time away from us, and I'm sure he's a better man because of that. But uh, tough break, Darren. Season starts now. Yeah, you better get on it, Darren, and you better bring the heat. That's what I'm saying, but uh, I don't think he's on the – the call right now so he didn't hear me let's not mention that we'll, we'll welcome him in right after this quick break <laughs> it's sabers live from key bank center it's a game night buffalo is on the road in pittsburgh we're back after this we're back with more of sabers live presented by seneca resorts and casinos nothing else comes close well, Marty told me it was Thursday earlier today, and if we fast forward a couple of Thursdays, we are going to be right into the regular season home opener presented by the BFLO store. Join us on Thursday, October 12th, Sabres Rangers, 7 p.m. we get the pregame party in the plaza starting at 4, players arriving on the blue and gold carpet into the game. And, of course, also very special night for us because along with the City of Buffalo, Common Council will be revealing the trailblazing street sign dedicated to Rick Jenneret. More details to come. Make sure you- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Stay tuned for that at Sabres.com. And, of course, home opener tickets are available by visiting sabers.com slash tickets. I laughed last week when you were doing the show without me and you were doing a promo and said something about, they're for sale. And then you're like, well, I don't know, oh, for sale. Yeah, I know. I started second-guessing myself. <laughs> that happens a lot, especially when I'm doing things that I, uh, I'm not supposed to do. I'm not they're, supposed to do promos. They're out of your comfort out zone. Out of my comfort but zone. But I just wanted you to know that I was with you every word of the way If on I that. say an opinion on the show that I'm right or wrong, it doesn't matter. It's my opinion. But when there's a promo, we've got to be right. So anyway. Well, we've been promoting Darren Drager yes. all day. Months, actually, in the making. His return to Sabres Live. Months. Dregs, how are you? You know, I'm doing okay. Uh, I was starting to wonder about Sabres Live because normally Jeff is right on it, right? He's like, hey, are you good to go, you know, a couple, three weeks in advance? Crickets. I was hearing nothing, nothing at all. And I thought, geez, I think I've been punted by Sabres Live. And that's too bad because I've got good friends and Brian Duff and Marty Barron. I was in Buffalo recently to to watch everything there at the Prospects Challenge. So I put my time in and then lo and behold, I get a an email from Jeff yesterday saying, are you good to go? Can we get this thing back going on Thursdays? And I said, absolutely. So here we are, and I'm happy to be back. So here why we were waiting. We were waiting for you to come up with some Patrick Kane news, and you came up with some Patrick Kane news this week. <laughs> so we figured that was the time. So let's start with a hot topic. Patrick Kane, Buffalo's own Patrick Kane. What is happening, yeah. and where do you see the fit? Well, how about that video that was presented by CA Hockey, who represents uh, Patty Kane? We're we're seeing it here for anybody who's joining us and following on on video. And really, what this video is is an update on his conditioning. You recall, of course, he had the hip procedure back in June, and he's been in the Greater Toronto area rehabbing and working hard. You know, plainly, you can see this thirty-five-year-old dude just crushing it here before our very eyes. Um, but he's a month or so away, and they're not going to start interviewing select NHL clubs of interest, likely until the middle of October, maybe even into late October. And then it gets complicated for any of the interested teams and the teams that Kane is interested in, into how you fit from a cap perspective. But to get back to Buffalo, um, no doubt that the Buffalo Sabres have tremendous interest in Patty Kane. I know that Kevin Adams has had conversation already with Pat Brisson. There's history with Don Granado. There's history with Kevin Adams and Patty Kane. And historically speaking, the family in Buffalo, it makes a lot of sense. But Hey, I, I think there's obviously going to be multiple teams in the mix here. You know, the Carolina Hurricanes keep looking for a forward. Why wouldn't they express interest? 
Uh, and then you go beyond that and it gets more complicated. Toronto would like to, to have a look at them, um, especially if the William Nylander experiment works at center ice. But man, you know, Toronto's got all kinds of cap issues, so it's not going to be easy. So that's the early read on the Kane situation at this stage. What's the latest on Trevor Zegras? This is a head scratcher for me. You know, I, I do have an appreciation <laughs> for management groups who don't just want to hand out that second contract and and just, you know, fill it full of millions and tens of millions of dollars. I, I do like the fact that, you know, there's still a place where you have to earn it in the NHL. But you're talking about a small market in Anaheim, a market that has had success historically, but not recently. This kid puts butts in the seats. And, you know, Pat Verbeek is digging in and he's digging in hard. I talked to a source earlier this morning, very close to the situation, who said they are far apart and they're not gaining any momentum whatsoever. And the conversations that Solomon and Verbeek are having with Paprasan and the company at CAA Hockey are painful. You know, as bad as going to the dentist, that sort of pain. So, We'll see what direction it goes. It's going to end up in a bridge, but this one has me flummoxed, and so does the Jamie Drysdale scenario because, guys, there was talk last year. I remember reporting on this last year when Drysdale seemed to be getting healthy. He was getting close to return, and then he didn't. And and if you if you look at it from a collective bargaining perspective, this kid Drysdale now doesn't have arb rights. They own him for the next two years, and the player doesn't have arb rights. That's a real tough scenario for Jamie Drysdale. And then you you flip that to, to what they did do in Anaheim, and they bring in Alex Killorn at, what, four years? At, what is it, six and a quarter? Over $6 million per. And I got all the time in the world for Alex Killorn, given his resume and what he's accomplished in the NHL. I mean, a terrific team guy. But you hand out that kind of dough, and then you put the – the, the screws to your two young stars, the big future in Anaheim. This is a, this is a tough one. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense, but Anaheim still has almost $17 million in cap space. Yeah. So they can spend, right? Like they're not restricted. Yeah. Um, on, on the flip side, you look at the Ottawa senators and, and Shane Pinto, uh, they don't have the money. So, is this where the player is going to have to wait until some decisions are made before they can sign them? Like, even if they wanted to sign Pinto, they can't do it. Yeah. Right. And, and again, something I followed up on this morning, they're not close to a trade here. Um, and that would be the easiest exit for Pierre Dorian. If you could move Matthew Joseph as an example, he seems to be the player that we're all talking about here. You know, that would alleviate that concern. And, you know, you give Shane Pinto his 2.5 on a two year likely and uh, away you go. But they're not close on trade. They're not willing to look at waivers in whatever environment you could use. So what's left here? Um, do you go with a shortened roster? To start the season, I, I I mean, I guess you could you could go that route. One thing I know here, guys, there are so many teams with keen interest in Shane Pinto. Um, we know that Philadelphia has inquired, um, Boston. I think there have been Canadian teams outside of Ottawa that have trade interest in him. But, you know, Ottawa rightly doesn't want to trade him. And then, and then you look at it from a coaching standpoint. Now, you know, DJ Smith knows that he's under some scrutiny and some pressure to start this new regular season. Likewise for Pierre Dorian, new ownership in Ottawa. They look promising. 
you know, but they can't nibble at a playoff spot as tough as it is. They've got to, they've got to make the playoffs this year. So the coaching staff is looking at the three hole and they're going, well, Shane Pinto is our third line center. We need him in the lineup for game one. And, you know, traditionally we always hear players talk about, Hey, when they don't go to camp and then they miss the preseason, you know, they they're thrown into it at the start of the regular season and they're behind. And that's what the coaching staff and everyone in Ottawa is trying to avoid, but they haven't been very successful at this point. Do you mind if we circle back to Anaheim for a second? Because I'm as puzzled as you are by this whole thing. Because it wasn't just Kalorn that they committed money no. to. Like, they gave money to Strom. They've got, yeah. <clears throat> pardon me, smaller amounts committed to Vetrano and McGinn. But as importantly, with specifically when we're talking about Drysdale, is they brought in Gudis who was so talked about as a coveted free agent based on how Florida went in their playoff run. And this is where it's, it is very, very confusing to me as to what is going on because, and, 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 and the word you used, Dregs, was bridge seemingly yeah. inevitable for, you know, for Zegris. This is just so baffling given how much money they have cap-wise right now and knowing what's coming off the books after this year, like they're going to be free of yeah. $11 million just based on, on Henrique and Silverberg alone. And they can move forward with these young pieces that they want. Yeah. So I, I, I'm just absolutely stunned by this stalemate that is ongoing yeah. here. Well, it, I mean, it, it seems pretty obvious that Pat Verbeek is dug in here, right? He is going to set examples yeah. of these two young players. Um, and you can do that with some young talent. You can. You know, if, if Jamie Drysdale, as an example, is legitimately hurt and he can't come back. I mean, he was legitimately hurt, but he was ready to return last year. If he can't return mm-hmm. and you've got the, the, the wherewithal, according to the CBA, to work in your advantage, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing whatsoever. But these two pieces are such a big part of the future. I, I wonder what the messaging and what the chit-chat is like in the room, right? I mean... That's... Trevor Zegras, as an example, this kid is out there. He is a fun young dude. He really, truly is. Yeah, maybe he rubs some guys the wrong way because, you know, he's got a high level of confidence and whatnot. But everyone in that room in Anaheim knows that these two pieces are just a significant part of how this organization is going to pull themselves, you know, out of the ashes and at some point in the future challenge for a playoff spot again. So it's... It's it's a struggle, and and I look at I look at the agents involved here too, right? Um, you've got CEA Hockey representing Trevor Zegers, as they just proved. I mean, they made that deal in quick order with Michael Backlund and the Calgary Flames. That's a group that wants to make deals. They know what's the best interest for for Trevor Zegers. So it's a bizarre scenario on all fronts. Plus, um, you know, Zegers needs time to get a, a, acquainted with his new coach, Greg Cronin. And because last yeah. year it didn't work well with Dallas Eakins, these two didn't like each other. So you'd think that <laughs> they would want Zegers in, get to know the coach. The coach gets to know him. They get off on the, 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 the their best foot forward, not the wrong foot. Yeah. Uh, but that is going to be uh, interesting to see. Uh, talking coaches, we haven't talked about it here on Sabres Live yet, but a couple of the Sabres prospect, um, yeah. when you look back to the WHL and the team in Wenatchee, which is where Matt Savoy and Zach Benson 
uh, are are playing when they play junior hockey. They have their coach Kevin Constantine uh, being indefinitely suspended. Uh, what do yeah. you know more about the situation? Where is this going? Uh, because we know it's going to affect possibly two Sabres prospect down the road. Yeah. Well, look, I I don't know much. Um, and, and what I've heard, I won't pass along only because it's based on allegation. Uh, it's not yeah. good. You know that. I mean, as soon as a league, in this case, the Western Hockey League, suspends indefinitely based on allegation. Well, is it allegation or is it based on the information that they'd already received, they'd collected and knew to be true? It's an independent investigation. This isn't the Western Hockey League. Um, but I read this morning, man, didn't they just suspend a player for like 25 games after a match penalty? I mean, this is a league that isn't afraid to punish when it's warranted, be it a player or in this case, Kevin Constantine. I'm not here to bury Kevin Constantine or Wananachi. This was a curious, if not a borderline bizarre hire, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. When you look at the history of this guy, everything that he's been through, uh, the fact that he's 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 been in terrible situations. I was going to use the word sketchy. That's that's not right. I mean, he's he's already proven that he's got a track record for nonsense. So it 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 at best was curious. So uh, I suspect that the, the the Western Hockey League again, when this independent investigation is over. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna hit him hard, and uh, to say his job is in jeopardy, I think would be an understatement at this point. Wow, crazy, isn't it? Well, we just saw the same thing happen with Mike Babcock, and you were obviously following that, uh, you know, closely. Uh, you know, the last time it happened, like a coach gets either fired or resigned that close to training camp was Colorado, and they had a 48-point season after that. Um, do we expect Columbus mm. to have this terrible of a season because of all the turmoil and, and new coaches that close after they had to, uh, well, Babcock resigned, but they had to basically say, you're, you're out of here? Uh, you know, I don't expect that. Um, yeah, I'm a believer in Pascal Vincent. I was surprised he didn't get the job in the first mm -hmm. place. I mean, this guy is, mm -hmm. has yeah. done enough around professional hockey that he deserved an NHL head coaching position, and, and now he has it. And it's unfortunate that he got it the way that he did, but the players know him, so there wouldn't have been a, a big transition there for them. Bringing in Mark Recchi, I think, is wise. You've got that experience factor, especially with some of the young pieces that they have. And I think of Adam Fantilli. I, I think that Columbus is going to be better. I do. I don't think that what we've seen off ice is going to have any sort of negative influence on how this team can uh, can present on ice. Uh, but the heat is on Yarmo Kekalainen. I mean, that's abundantly obvious, isn't it? You know, he's on razor thin mm -hmm. ice. So if they struggle, uh, struggle, and I mean struggle in a big way, then the front office changes probably aren't stopping with the resignation of Mike Babcock. Yeah, I agree with you, Dregs. I think Columbus would be better than people are giving them uh, yeah. credit for, even before the whole coaching carousel, fiasco, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, and I just think that they're going to be a team that eats away a few more points in the Eastern Conference, which ultimately yeah. affects uh, the race significantly. What else? Uh, last one for you. We leave it. Well, we'll, we'll start a new trend here. You can present whatever you want to close out your segment. A thought mm. from Darren Dreger. Wow. <laughs> ah, that's an interesting. I'll have to see. Now I'm going to be prepared for next Thursday. A thought. Hmm. Um, 
You know, I had an interesting conversation conversation with uh, a hockey exec this weekend, and I shared it on Insider Trading. And the view and the messaging across the NHL, uh, at least that was delivered at the recent GM coach meetings in Chicago, was let's just breathe. Let's just let the sport and the game breathe a little bit. Like, you know, the the slashing standard has worked. Uh, The the cross-checking standard has been effective. Scoring is on the rise. So it's one thing for guys like us to sit around and talk and, and about the tinkering ideas, eh? like penalty kill, don't allow teams to ice the puck on the pet, all that kind of stuff. I get it. There's nothing wrong. That's good fodder for talk radio and conversation. Continue to monitor. But the messaging is, you know, for the stewards, the architects, and we're talking about the general managers here, just leave it alone. Just give it some time to breathe. So that's my thought for the day. How's that? Wow, almost, it's like a good, uh, almost a good bourbon or a good wine. Let it breathe, and we usually see a bottle of bourbon behind you, so that's why. Or we see him wearing a hat that is representing that brand. But I thought it was really nice, subtle messaging from Dregs today to return with a shadowy twenty-two in honor of Jack Quinn as he works his way back in to the lineup halfway through the year. So nice exactly. nod to Jack, and uh, who recently turned twenty-two as well. And uh, Dregs, oh, the over/under. How could we forget? Oh, Dregs, over under your summer uh, actual physical altercation fights. I set the uh, line at a half fight this summer. I said you went under. I I said over. over. Did you go over or under? Under, but I'll tell you what real quickly because I know we got to go here. Almost had to fight a bear. A bear. Oh, that's right. We do this. Yeah. My wife and I were, were staining the stairs going onto the second tier of our property towards the beach. She was at the bottom, like 10 feet away from this black bear. I went up the stairs to grab some more stain or whatever, and I look back. There's a bear like, sitting right there. I'm like, Holly, get in the cabin right now. And she was like, what? what? I'm, get in the – I added some color to get in the cabin. So she scurried away, and I literally went like that. I clapped my hands and – this big, ugly black bear went kind of tumbling into the trees. So almost had to fight Scared a bear, guys. That's as close as I Yeah, well, you, you've you changed, Dregs. You may be a prairie boy, but uh, there's a Dregger I know that would have fought that bear. So we'll see, we'll see <laughs> what ready. you can bring to the table next Thursday. All right, buddy. There he is, Darren Dregger. Thanks, Dregs. Have a great weekend. Darren Dregger from TSN. We'll wrap up Sabres Live. fight a bear. I love this. it. Stay with us. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. I feel like we're on National Geographic. It's Buffalo and the Penguins tonight, and we were talking bears, and now we're going into Wolf, as in Dustin. And, oh my, was that a celebration using the scorpion as we continue the animal theme what a save to close out the shootout fantastic last night against save. fantastic save gotta give credit where credit is due dustin wolf comes across to his right side kicks his right heels up in the air makes the save awesome awesome save now you totally ruin it by doing the triple minwheel rene rancourt style boston longtime anthem singer it's a preseason game man like, act like you've been there before. You don't have to celebrate triple mill when you just won a preseason game. You're supposed to be the, the newcomer in Calgary. You're supposed to be the, the, the up and coming. You're supposed Here, to be the Devin Levi. Here's my problem. 
and it's not Dustin's problem. It's the Flames' problem. This kid's 22. He's 1-0 in his NHL career. He's 75-19-6 in the AHL the last two years. At some point, somebody ought to notice him and give him an opportunity to build in the NHL. And that was him saying, I'm here. I'm ready. Well, listen, he got Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vidar ahead of him, but he's better, in my opinion, or will be better than both of them. So give him the opportunity right now. Enjoy the game tonight. I hope it's a good one. And we'll see you tomorrow on Sabres Live. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.